Hey everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Sunshine Boys Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host. We're going to take a look over the next hour or so at the Major League Baseball playoffs, and there's a lot to like this season. Some really outstanding players, some super teams, and a lot of very entertaining baseball, no doubt, will play out over the next month. Joining me, the Sunshine Boys, as always, Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson. Also, Tim Williams, our national baseball writer, is with us. And uh, without question, boys, this is going to be a wild and unpredictable and no doubt fun postseason. Guys, let's begin with the Yankees' big win over the Twins. I know there are a lot of Yankee fans out there that were pretty excited today. They weren't disappointed, Jim, but they cer- they certainly <laughs> held their breath, Joe, when uh, when, when uh, the Twins barrage started on uh, Severino. Um, I'm going to make one uh, overall thing uh, a point about the postseason. I think that's proven out over the years, is mm-hmm. uh, and and you showed and you saw it last night. Um, mm-hmm. You better have a bullpen, and if you have one, and it's deep, and it gives the manager a lot of options. Um, you're in good shape. If you don't have one, I think you're in a lot of trouble. I look at uh, my Giants. They won three pennants. They had uh, they had closers. They had Romo, who was an eighth-inning guy. They had Javi Lopez, who was a, a left-handed specialist. Um, the Royals, I think, are the best example. They asked their pitchers to go five or six innings. Wade Davis and crew will take care of the rest. Joe, and we saw it last night with the deep Yankee bullpen, saved their butt. Well, Severino had nothing. I mean, he just, uh, you know, the twins were teeing off on him. And that game was one, basically one pitch away from being six to nothing in the first inning. And then I don't know if the Yankees come back from that. But, you know, kind of a bold move by uh, Joe Girardi uh, to pull arguably his ace after, what, 29 pitches. But, yeah, it was obviously the right move, and Ira is absolutely correct. Bullpen in the postseason is everything. Uh, it just you cannot win not only without a a, a a top closer, but you've got to be able to bridge situations during the game. Uh, and in this case, you know you've got to have a bullpen basically cover the whole game, and uh, the Yankees showed the wisdom of building uh, that kind of foundational bullpen, and it's why they're uh, they're moving on. And when you get to the American I think that, League the Division Series, it's going to be interesting because really every American League team left has a really good and a really deep bullpen. The Yankees will be next facing the Cleveland Indians. Anyone who watched last year's postseason saw how deep their bullpen is and how creative Terry Francona is at using it. So it's going to be interesting. That might equalize a little bit in the division series as the Indians have a good bullpen too. And whoever gets past that's going to have to deal with either a Houston or a Boston team. Both of them have good bullpens. That sets up a very entertaining Yankees and Indians series. Comments, guys? Joe, you, you you can't discount uh, the Thunder in, in the Yankee lineup. I mean, even Gregorius. I mean, nobody nobody thought of D.D. Gregorius as a guy who's going to hit 20 or 30 home runs, but, of course, you got the short porch, which really helps. Judge is an animal. Uh, they got a catcher with 33 home, home runs. Um, 
there's power up and down that lineup, and then you got, you know, a Brett Gardner setting the table, Joe, and, and he's the epitome of a guy, a grinder who makes the pitchers work. Um, you, you can't discount the Yankees. Now, I think Cleveland's the better team. They proved it uh, during the regular season. But um, there's, a lot of thunder, there's a lot of thunder in those bats, Joseph. No question. Well, yeah, uh, I do tend to uh, like the teams with, with better pitching uh, over the teams with better hitting, and I do think Cleveland's pitching is better. But there was an interesting thing that came out of uh, the uh, wild card game there against the Twins. By pulling Severino so early, you could bring him back in, in game two of, against Cleveland, and that would not have been possible if he'd gone deep into the game last night. Basically to him uh, was a bullpen session and so he could be ready to go um, I still like the Indians in this um, they're you know 102 wins this year they're uh, came within an eyelash of, of winning the World Series last year I I love Terry Francona uh, as a manager and I just think uh, Cleveland's going to find a way to win it I'm going to make the call and Six games. I think the Yankees might have shown up a year early. I, I don't know that this is the team that that they thought was going to be a contender. And um, I think that look, you've got Judge, you got like Ira said, Didi Gregoria, you got San, Gary Sanchez, Matt Holliday, Sterling Castro, Jacoby Ellsbury. I mean, you've got some some outstanding players, but I do think. Even though they do have an awesome bullpen, I just – to me, their their starting pitching is very questionable. Hey, Tim, what's Francona doing with the starting Bauer in game one? What's going on there? That's a confidence thing. Trevor Bauer's really made a leap this year. We know last year he had a decent season. His strikeouts were way down, but he got, got a bunch of important outs. And then in the playoffs, he had an incident with a drone and cut his hand up and couldn't pitch anymore leading to one of the most gruesome starts I think we've seen in a long time where he just was bleeding all over the mound. But he's had a great year this year. And starting him game one, especially knowing that Severino, he might be able to go in game two, he won't be able to go in game one, That's they're in a good position with that because it means they can bring back Corey Kluber for game two, presumably against Severino, who's now going to have something to prove in this game because while he had a fantastic regular season, he was he was just shelled last night. So he's going to have something to prove. That's going to be a big game, game two. But right now the Yankees don't have a decided starter for Thursday against Trevor Bauer. And if Bauer pitches well, then Cleveland's suddenly out to a lead with their best pitchers coming up. What about the uh, situation with um, their bullpen, uh, Tim? You got, um, I mean, they still have the same, pretty much the same bullpen that uh, took them to the World Series last year. Yes, and it's it's been great. Cody Allen's still a very good closer. Andrew Miller can be used in any situation. And as we saw last year in the playoffs, they will use him in any situation. If they need to get a big out, that's their guy. They have it. I think the bullpen's kind of offset here. New York has a really deep and excellent bullpen that's 
that really got them this far. Their hitting has taken a lot of the headlines, but being able to lock down those close games has won them a wild card. But really, really Cleveland, I think, has – I think those bullpens offset. Cleveland has the starting pitching edge. What do you think about the, the Houston-Boston game, guys? Or, Joe, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, uh, by the way, uh, I, and uh, I, I misspoke earlier when I said uh, I was uh, picking uh, Cleveland in six games. I meant five. I do think Cleveland five. wins it. I think it goes the distance. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, if you want to blast me on Twitter for that, that's I, Kaufman, <laughs> 70. Yeah. <laughs> Hey Jim, Jim, um, uh, one more yeah. one more quick note on uh, one more quick note on Yankees Indians, uh, and sure. I think the boys would would agree with me. Uh, look, Francona is up there with the top managers in the game. He, he's proven that. But Girardi's darn good, guys. He's darn mm-hmm. good. Nobody thought the Yankees were going to do anything last year, uh, th- this year, and some some years in in recent uh, seasons. Um, yet they're always there. Um, and he doesn't have overwhelming uh, horses in terms of starting pitching. Um, the guy, the guy's a very good manager. Um, he's a notch below Francona in my mind, but um, I think we got to give Girardi some props. He, he, I think he's a, he's a little underrated. No, I, Ira, I agree with you. I think that um, this is a Yankee team that, as I said, I I think they thought that 2018, 2019, as they were bringing their young kids along. Uh, that they would be able to add some supplementary players and 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 become the contender that they truly want to return to. And they're ahead of schedule. And, you know, a lot of that is when uh, knowing what to do with young players, which clearly Girardi has done over his career. And he absolutely, there's no question he uh, deserves uh, props because I think everybody thought that Cleveland was going to be back. So nobody's really stunned that uh, that Francona did the job he did. And, and I think that um, he'll probably get some, and rightfully so, some manager of the year uh, uh, consideration without question. But um, I guess we can move on to the Red Sox and the Astros. And uh, I guess one of my interesting things to watch out here is if uh, Tampa's own Lance McCullers is one of these guys that will be part of that um, Astros you know, pitching rotation in the first uh, series here. Any thoughts? I, uh, I I love the Astros bats, Tim. Uh, I'm gonna wait for you to make the case for the Red Sox, but I. Uh, you, you talked about the Yankees not having enough pitching. I, I don't think Boston has enough pitching to uh, handle uh, Messrs. Altuve, Correa, Springer. Um, Altuve is a fantastic player. I, he's got my MVP vote, all due respect to uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, Altuve from day one, I, I think, has been the best player in the league. Correa missed a lot of time. He's back. He's a stud. Um, I, I don't I don't see the Red Sox getting out, Tim, and uh, I'd like you to make the case for Boston, but um, I think Houston's got a heck of a team. Well, I, I guess I have to make the case for Boston because even though it's been nine days since I last lived there, I'm pretty sure nobody in Boston's doing it. For some reason, no one likes this Red Sox team, and I just don't get it. They're full of young talent. They're a reckless team, so they're going to be fun to watch, especially on the base paths. I, when you're talking about young stars in the game, 
Mookie Betts is a five-tool player, and he is he's really fantastic to watch. He can do a lot of things in a ball game. You've got Xander Bogarts, who's been the best Red Sox shortstop they've had since Nomar Garciaparra. You have an outfield with Andrew Benintendi, who would be Rookie of the Year if Aaron Judge didn't exist. He, you have Jackie Bradley Jr., who's great in the outfield as well. They're going to make they're going to make some catches out there in the outfield. It's going to come down to Chris Sale is an excellent, excellent starter. He's also never pitched in this situation. He's never been to the playoffs. He's never had this opportunity. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does. They've got Drew Pomerantz going in game two. Pomerantz has been very, very good this year for them. The question is, what are they going to do in game three? Are they going to give the ball to Rick Porcello, last year's Cy Young winner, who's given up a lot of home runs this year? Or are they going to give it to someone like an Eduardo Rodriguez, who you really are rolling the dice every night. He could have a great night. He could have a terrible night with with him. So game three, they're going to be in trouble with pitching, but I don't really think their pitching woes are that big of a deal, especially when you get to their bullpen, because there's another American League team with a deep, strong bullpen that, that Boston has, led by Craig Kimbrell, who's had a historic season at closer. Well, but you talk about the Boston bullpen, where does David Price fit into this? All of a sudden, you got a an eight hundred bazillion dollar uh, guy who was supposed to be the anchor of your rotation is is pitching out of the bullpen. And well, it's not like he's been relegated. He was hurt most of the year. He's actually early in the year they wanted him to have Tommy John surgery. So I, that he's I pitching. That. He's going to be used in kind of an Andrew Miller role, or at least that's how people envision it. We'll see. But so far, he's been excellent out of the bullpen in well, the very was, small sample size. Uh, yeah, uh, but the point I was going to make was, uh, and, and Ira Kaufman will remember this, is that in uh, 2008, when the Tampa Bay Rays shocked the world by getting to the World Series, the guy who came out of the bullpen to lock it up was David Price, who was a rookie back then. So he, this is, this is something that I'm going to be watching very closely in this thing. And the other, the other issue that I would have is, you know, Houston has basically locked up that division by the end of April. They've sort of been on cruise control until the uh, disastrous flooding in the city of Houston that you know forced them to to move a series against the Rangers uh, right over to Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg and you know yeah they've been back playing it's been you know over a month now and you think okay uh, they're over it but i think that that has a residual effect so what i'm going to be watching closely will be to see if they can kick it back into gear because there was no question they were going to be in the playoffs. Uh, like I said, they've been, in that sense, they've been on cruise control for the biggest bulk of the season. And I I don't think that it's as easy to all of a sudden say, okay, now we're we're in the playoff cooker. Let's, let's turn it back on. So, you know, those are some unknowns that I have going into this series. I do like the Astros, though. I, I just think that top to bottom, they are a better team than the Red Sox. So we'll find out. I have a they question for you guys. Go yeah, ahead, Ira. Go ahead. No, they they got some wonderful players. That that uh, 
you know, don't get a lot of national pub. Uh, people are starting to uh, realize how great Altuve is, and he is great. Uh, a little guy that hits 350 with power. Um, and Correa, guys, this guy uh, reminds some people of Derek Jeter. Now, I'm not going that far, but, uh, you know, this kid is 22 years old or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, he's fantastic. And uh, I think this this fall showcase is really going to help uh, raise uh, Correa's uh, profile, I-, I believe. Let me ask you guys a question. What do you think of Dust- Justin Verlander uh, fitting into that uh, Houston uh starting rotation is Verlander going to be able to come through for them I mean because Verlander's had some problems in the playoffs well Verlander's going up against Chris Sale in game one as well yeah yes yes um my my cousin Galveston he's he's a big Astros fan Joe and uh Mm -hmm. as soon as they got Verlander and he started pitching uh you know he can't stop talking about Verlander and uh this I think is a big boost uh, for Verlander uh second career for him Joe, mm-hmm. when he wasn't really doing uh, all that much, people were down on him. Um, he certainly couldn't recapture his old form. But Joe, I, I, I think he, I think he's going to pitch very well uh, in Game One. Well, here's here's a here's a thing to consider. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna call on uh, Tampa Bay Rays history. Um, when uh, I believe it was 2010, uh, the Rays. Uh, were the the best team in the American League, in my opinion. Uh, they certainly were during the regular season. They come in uh, to the playoffs uh, against the Texas Rangers and wound up the losing uh, because they fell behind early on. Texas over kind of overmatched them with their pitching, and the Rays got down two games to none, won both games in Texas, and then came back home and got beat again. So. Chris Sale can kind of give Boston that if he can give them that kind of production, then in a, in a short series, it does uh, become a problem for the Astros. Cause as we all know, uh, sale can, uh, can dial up a gem anytime. And um, if he's going head to head against Verlander right now, I think I like Chris sale. One other thing I'll point out about this series from from Boston's perspective is that they've been fantastic in close games. They only lost three extra inning games all season and they got into close to 20 of them. So that that might be a testament to their bullpen. And again, I think the bullpens in all these series are kind of going to offset because everyone has a good one. Houston, maybe not as much as Boston, but they've gotten the job done back there throughout the year. So it might offset a bit, but they, that's a team that wins a lot of close games. And to the point about Houston having locked up their playoff spot from almost April on, it took Boston until the last week to win the AL East. So maybe pressure games matter here. Maybe they don't. We're going to see a lot of adages tested in this first series between these two teams. What are some of Tim, uh, Tim, what are some of the numbers on Kimbrell? I, he didn't have 50 saves or anything like that, but what, what are some of those crazy numbers? I'm going to baseball reference right now just so I can have the full authority of the people that really know what they're talking about. He had a 1.43 ERA throughout the season, 35 saves in 39 opportunities. So he actually blew four saves, 69 innings pitched, 126 strikeouts. 
Oh my. Oh my. And he's five and oh, so how, they didn't actually. How many hits lose. did he give up, Tim? How many hits? Thirty-three. Wow. Wow. Now six of those were home runs. So in complete fairness, he throws hard, and as physics work, if if you throw hard, you're going to give up the long ball from time to time. And we know these Houston players could run into one, a George Springer, for example. So so there's always that. But Kimbrell has been lights out this year. He didn't get that many saves, but you know how baseball works. Saves are kind of a weird stat. Those are imposing numbers, Tim. No question about it. I can tell you, I can tell you from seeing a lot of him when he was with Atlanta, the last person I wanted to see on the mound in the ninth inning, if you're, you know, anybody but a Braves fan, was Kimbrell. I mean, he is one of the most dominant closers, um, you know, in baseball, period, end story on that. He, uh, you know, he has, you know, he, he can be, you know, gotten to occasionally, but if he's dialed up and playing, I mean, that's, you know, you might as well just take the bats and put him in the rack because he's going to stop you. He's uh, he's an amazing pitcher. We'll be back with more of the Sunshine Boys podcast right after these words from one of our fine sponsors. Exciting things are happening at Burger King. We got some new salads on the menu. We're going to do a little role play. I just need a volunteer. Me, me, me. Okay, Selma. <laughs> Welcome to Burger King. Five garden fresh salads, please. Good choice. Do you have a garden fresh salad? Absolutely. Give it to me, baby. I would simply like a chicken, apple, and cranberry salad. Dressing on the side. Dressing on the side. That's not a problem. The new garden fresh salads and wraps. Come and get it at Burger King. Welcome back to the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host with Ira Kaufman and uh, Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys themselves, and our national baseball writer, Tim Williams, as we take a look at the 2017 Major League Baseball playoffs. And uh, we've got an, uh, a Colorado and Arizona showdown in the wildcard game. And uh, I got to tell you, I you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm in the tank for, um, for Colorado on this. I, I think Colorado... Um, Charlie Blackman and that whole group, man, they can just hit the living, you know, daylights out of the ball. That's going to be a, a, well, we always say it's going to be an interesting series. Every series is an interesting series, (laughs) but this, that's going to be one that I got to believe the vast majority uh, of Americans don't know much about either of these teams because they're, you Mm -hmm. know, they play in you know, in the Western time, uh, the Western area, uh, they're not on TV that much. Um, they're certainly uh, not glamour teams like uh, the Yankees or Boston or the Dodgers or teams like that. So having said that, it could be the most interesting and entertaining series of the bunch. And uh, now, Joe, now, now, Joe, that's only a one gamer. It's a one game series. Well, that's, that's, true, that's true. My, my yeah. bad. But that could be what I meant was that could be the most interesting game. Right. Uh, yes. You know, because these guys are, like you said, they are just um, balanced top to bottom, and they can they can they can put up big numbers, mm-hmm. big numbers. And uh, you say you like the Rockies. Um, explain yourself. Why do you like the Rockies in this? Go I like the Rockies because I think they can hit any pitching. I, I and believe me, if we look at. Uh, yeah, Zach Greinke, Sonny Gray. The I mean, without question, 
Arizona would have the pitching um, edge, but I think even in one game, I think that the the Rockies can score runs, and I think I I, I think they can score enough runs to beat Arizona, even though they're playing the game um, in Arizona. Uh, I think Is, you're going to uh, see the two, uh, Joe. I think you're going to see the two leading NL uh, candidates for MVP in this game, and uh, uh, because Jim already mentioned Blackman, Blackman has had a fantastic season. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's got a little help from Arenado, who I think ended up with 130 RBI. Right. No question. Um, but now I, I think that would lead me to probably vote for Goldschmidt, who's a tremendous player. Maybe has a little less help, doesn't have an Arenado type, but Arizona's got some other bats there. But, Jim, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Granke, mm-hmm. I think, was fantastic at home th- uh, this year in that yeah. ballpark. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to be a tall order for Colorado, but I'm kind of with Jim uh, on this, Joe. Um, there's something feisty about the Rock. Uh, something feisty about them this year as opposed to – and they got just enough pitching, just mm-hmm. enough, nothing great. Um, I think Colorado springs a little upset here and moves on to play uh, play the Dodgers. Well, uh, think back to last year when mm-hmm. um, Bud Black was hired as the Rockies manager. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did that get any more than about a, a two-sentence notice in most newspapers? Did anybody pay attention whatsoever? Other than maybe I thought it was a good hire, personally. Well, you know? yeah, but... You pay but no, you're right. Nationally, nobody paid attention or cared. And and yet, what about the job he has done uh, mm-hmm. with with you know a guy that you would figure why would they choose him? And and look at the Diamondbacks, Tori Lavello. Yeah. <laughs> you know there now. Tim can tell me a little bit more about Tori Lavello, but uh, because he did come from the Red Sox organization, but there, you know. There are two guys that you probably um, couldn't pick them out of a lineup if you had to, but have done fantastic jobs this year leading uh, their teams into the postseason. Well, they're, yeah, they're, I, go ahead, Tim. I think that's a fantastic point about both Black and Lavolo. I, as far as Lavolo goes, he was very well liked in Boston, partially because John Farrell is, for various reasons, not. So he was the guy that everyone wanted to look to that people were very mad that they let him go to Arizona instead of after a division championship last year, firing their manager and promoting their bench coach to the manager (laughs) job. So people really like Tori Lovello and those people have been kind of vindicated while I think John Farrell did a good job in Boston this year. Lovello did a great job in Arizona taking over a team that last year was a disaster and this year is fantastic. That said, I would pick Colorado in this game. I I like their feisty lineup. I think the young pitching can respond. And I just think, and I've said this about Arizona all year, if they've got a one-run lead in the ninth inning of this game, Lavolo is going to turn to his bullpen. He's going to grab that phone, and he's going to say, get me Fernando Rodney. And I'm not so sure I, I trust a team where that guy's the closer right now to win this game. I just don't. So I think if Arizona wins, it's because they put it away in the first five innings. I I think we talked about bullpen in the American League. In this game, if it comes down to bullpen advantage, Rockies. You know, uh, Jim, the, 
Jim, the two teams Tyler. I think with the with the most pressure uh, heading into this postseason, uh, and I, I do believe even Mr. Henderson would agree, uh, both reside in the National League, and that would be the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have spent a ton of money and have been the best ba- uh, team in baseball most of the year, and your Washington, uh, your Washington boys, uh, for various reasons, namely mm-hmm. Dusty Baker, who Joe knows very well. Um, Joe, a lot of pressure on the Nationals and the Dodgers uh, to at least make the World Series. Maybe if you lose in the World Series to Cleveland, nobody says anything, but you got to get there. Joe, the Nats have to win, win a series, and I think the Dodgers have to get to the World Series. Uh, there are some pressures there, Joseph. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, both of both the teams uh, that you referenced there have, have, shall we say, shaky playoff histories in recent years. And uh, every year there seems to be an excuse why the Nationals didn't pull through or the Dodgers or whatever. Uh, Kershaw has, uh, for as, as great as he is, still tends to come up short sometimes in the playoffs. Uh, I think there's an enormous amount of pressure on the Dodgers. I think there's more pressure on them than any other team in the playoffs. And that can cause a team to uh, tighten up a little bit, uh, particularly if they get behind in the series. So uh, you're absolutely correct. I I think those are the two teams, uh, you've nailed it, who have the most riding on this and the most to lose. You know, Ira, to your point and to Joe's point, um, over the last six years, the uh, Dodgers and the Nationals have been the most successful regular season teams in Major League Baseball, with the Dodgers uh, winning two more games than the Nationals did. in, in the. That's how close those two teams have been. The Nationals have won four division championships. The Dodgers have won five. In the last six years, and, and Joe, uh, it, it kills. Neither of them have been Dodger. to the World Series. <laughs> and Tim, it, it, it kills Dodger fans. You know, while the while the Dodgers are winning all these NL West titles, uh, you know, the Giants were winning rings, and, and so that makes it even worse. You know, anybody else but the Giants from a Dodger <laughs> perspective. So, uh, I did a little, little research, Tim. You you were telling me about Kimbrel, and those numbers are mm-hmm. stunning, without question. I, I looked up Kershaw. Yesterday on Baseball Reference, mm-hmm. and guys, th- this sounds a little crazy, but um, he just passed Whitey Ford this year. Whitey Ford, mm-hmm. he ha- he has the best winning percentage, sixty nine percent of of any starting pitcher um, since the dead ball era. The dead ball era. Um, his WHIP, which is about one even 1.00 it is the best since the dead ball era. Um, this is greatness in our midst, gentlemen. We all know it. Mm-hmm. Um, I dare say, Jim, I, I never thought I'd say this, but uh, the, the guy's been better than Colfax during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And Joe's to Joe's point, Tim, may, maybe this is the year for Kershaw. Maybe, but it better come soon because I don't think he can keep up, uh, you know, this kind of production year after year. And the spotlight's on Kershaw. Let's see what he does, Tim. 
Well, I think we can sometimes concentrate a little too much on postseason history and postseason record. Obviously, it matters, especially when you're comparing someone historically to someone like a Sandy Koufax. Then you're really going to need that exclamation point on your resume. But I, I look at this, and I always think of small sample size, that that Kershaw hasn't had a great postseason career. But then I remember last year when the Dodgers were playing the Cubs, he had a fantastic start. They just lost the game. So there are moments that he's had where where he's looked exactly like the pitcher he's always been, just the Dodgers haven't come through. He's going to need to have a big postseason this year. And they're going to they're gonna get a tough call with whoever wins this wild card game because much the way we talked about with Houston having locked up their division and playoff spot very early. While there are two other playoff teams in the NL West, the NL West hasn't been in doubt since the All-Star break. So I don't know how many important games the Dodgers have played down the stretch either. They had to come out of that losing streak, which is a big deal for them. But that's about it. You know, I'm going to I'm going to give you all a trivia question. And uh, Ira Kaufman will uh, give a cookie to whoever can answer this. When is the last time? The Dodgers were in the World Series. The uh, the Kirk Gibson home run, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, and and that for against the A's. Yeah, Yeah. and as uh, successful as they've been, pretty soon you get this kind of um, millstone around your neck, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that you you know you can't get out of the play. It's like, it's like every year before the Red Sox finally broke through and won the world series every year. It was like, yeah, okay. They, uh, yeah, they won a hundred games this year, but, but they still, you know, the, the curse of the Bambino is going to come and get them. And uh, the Dodgers have just for whatever reason, various reasons, keep coming up short in the playoffs. And, if there's ever a year where they're going to bust through, it has to be this year because they, top to bottom in the regular season, with all respect to Cleveland, the Dodgers were the best team in baseball. They won 104 games this year, and and Kershaw missed a substantial part of the season. Think about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that's that to me is speaks to the to the type of roster that Andrew Friedman uh, has put together at in uh, in Los Angeles and. You know, all systems are go now for them, and they're really, if they don't win, uh, there is no excuse. There just is none. They, well, and I think they got the, and they got the right manager, Jim. I, I think Dave, Dave Roberts is, is, is good for that team. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, he's got a lot of energy. And, um, of course, Tim knows Dave Roberts, played a critical role, I believe, uh, Tim, in, in, in the Red Sox uh, first World Series uh, uh, triumph. Um, uh, and um, He's a good manager. Uh, I think this might be the year he gets it done. Apparently, to this day, people who pass by Dave Roberts on the street, Red Sox fans, will stop him and thank him for stealing that base in 2004. <laughs> biggest biggest stolen base in Red Sox history, without question. And, and to your point earlier about the, about the Dodgers having not broken through since 1988 and how it's starting to become that millstone around their neck – well, 
I can't think of someone who would know that better than Dave Roberts, who had to go through that in Boston and has now seen what happens if you break through, if you are that guy. I, I think that's a good motivating thing for his team. He can go and tell them, look, if you're the guy, people will, rem- people will remember you. For You might be out there 15 years from now and someone will stop you on the street and shake your hand and thank you. Well, there's well, another guy who hasn't broken through, though. Mm-hmm. There's another guy, and and uh, our genial host Jim Williams knows him well. It's Dusty Baker. That is true. And, and Dusty uh, has. Uh, go ahead, Joe. You're no, say. I was just going to say I can. Uh, Ira will remember this one well. Um, he got essentially fired in Cincinnati because the Reds were never able to recover from blowing. Uh, a a two games to none lead against the Giants and then going home and losing three straight. And that was on Dusty Baker. And so there, you know, there's another guy that everybody's watching to see how's he going to mess this up. So this is the banana peel series. Yeah. There's um, Dusty is there uh, just for the record. This is the ninth time. Dusty Baker has taken the team to um, the postseason. And one time he went to the World Series with Ira's Giants, um, a World Series that will be remembered in large part mainly for Dusty's kid who was picking a bat up (laughs) and got picked up at home plate as, uh, you know, as one of the Giants crossed the plate. He literally grabbed the kid and pulled him up so that the guy coming behind him didn't run over him. Um, well, uh, Jim, Jim, I yeah. tend to remember that series in a different light. Uh, with the Giants, I had five nothing in the seventh inning of Game Six. Mm-hmm. I had three games to two, right. and um, Dusty taking the ball from Russ Ortiz, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then, you know, saving the ball, right. saving the ball to, to give to Ortiz after the game after a Giants win. It never happened, gentlemen. It mm-hmm. never <laughs> happened. It didn't come to fruition. <laughs> I will say, as the person who um, I know, you guys know Joe Madden well, um, and the Cubs are the defending world champions. Um, I I truly, truly love this version of the Washington Nationals team. It's the best version of the team they've had uh, that's come to the playoffs. They've got three bona fide starters that um, can win. You've got, and you can take either, depends on your feeling. You can go with Strasburg in the opening game, or you can go with Scherzer in the open game. If it were me, Dusty hasn't called me, by the way, on this, so he's he's not consulting me on it. But I would go with Stras in the opener, Gio in game two, and Scherzer for the first game in Wrigley Field. But there's, I mean, I am not, I, I keep hearing about this vaunted, Chicago lineup, and I frankly think that the Nationals have a better top-to-bottom lineup than the Cubs. I think they've got uh, a better starting pitching staff, and I think they've got a better bullpen. I think they, I, you know, do they? Do the Cubs have great players? Absolutely. Do they have a good manager? Outs- yep, no question. I just think this is a better team than um, than the Cubs. Now, you know, we all know the Nationals' playoff history, and. Um, I were talking about um, Clayton Kershaw being one of the greatest of all times. And there, I don't think there's any question. The last time I saw him 
from a standpoint of making me ill uh, was <laughs> Kershaw, Kershaw coming in in game five of the series last year to relieve Kenley Jansen, of all people, who had pitched three innings and comes up and basically there he is um, closing the game. So, yeah, I, I'm, um, uh, yeah, I, I do remember Kershaw. I do remember him from a number of different things. But from this Washington Nationals team, it, the depth because guys at one point in time, they've lost every one of their outfielders. They lost a shortstop. And it's been, you know, the cliche of the next man up has always been someone who has taken the mantle. This is a team who has not won more than five games during the season in a stretch. They've not lost more than four games in a stretch. That is, I mean, that's how consistent they have played throughout the season starting from April and ending in July and uh, September. They have been that, that strength. Mike Rizzo had a horrific bullpen, went out and brought in, traded and got Brandon Kinsler from the um, Minnesota Twins and got two guys from the Oakland A's, you know, and that, of course, being Doolittle and Madsen. And since he made that change um, and made those trades, uh, they've had uh, one of the best, if not the best, bullpen in the National League since that's been done. They only had one blown save, and that was against the Pirates the other night when um, uh, Kinsler came into the game to um, – I'm sorry, they had two blown saves. Uh, one game they lost, one game they didn't lose. Uh, but the Kinsler thing is they gave um, – Dusty wanted to give Kinsler a chance to have a, a 30 year uh, save year, and he came in and realized that um, – Maybe that wasn't the wisest thing he'd done, uh, and they and Kinsler took a one nothing uh, Nationals lead into the ninth and turned it into a four one Pirate win. So um, anyway, uh, Joe, I think uh, Joe, I think Jim Jim's making making the right point. Uh, Joe, I, I can't I can't disagree with, with what Mr. Williams just said. The length of the lineup, the length, I think is clearly in Washington's favor. Joe, I'm I'm pitching around Bryant and Rizzo if I can, you know, Bryant and Rizzo. I mean, they're tough, but right. when you get past that, Joe, they they don't have they don't have, you know, they don't go seven or eight deep uh, in, in that Cub lineup. Uh, some guys had bad years. The Baezes, the the Schwarber's been up and down. Joe, the Nats have a heck of a lineup, Joseph, and uh, the big three uh, on the pitching staff. Uh, I don't think the Cubs can pull as good as Madden is, Joe. I don't think the Cubs can pull this one off. Well, I would I would point out a couple of things. And number one, the Cubs had the basically the best record in the American League, or excuse me, the National League over the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. we all remember they got off to kind of a scruffy start. wasn't wasn't really sure that uh, that they would get it together. We should have known better. I should have known better. Uh, the Cubs are hot right now. Now, the, the, to me, the biggest question mark for the Cubs coming into this series is John Lester. He uh, can be a guy that you can knock him out in the second inning. I'm just saying. And if, if it's ever going to happen, it's going to happen uh, against the Nationals. So uh, Arietta is, is, you know, he's, he's, he's not – you know he's good, but I don't think he's. Uh, I wouldn't put him in the uh, the class of a Scherzer or a Strasburg at this point. And 
So I and do. And Hendricks on, is good. Hendricks is pretty good. Hendricks he's pretty good. good. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, on paper, I would agree with you that the Nationals have the better team. But I'm a big believer in these kind of X factors. And Madden, we all know he he is unpredictable. Uh, he's he last year in the World Series, it looked like they were dead. And uh, and they still figured out a way to win it. Uh, I, I, Dusty Baker is a fine manager for 162 games, but uh, until the Nationals prove that they can do this in the playoffs, that just means they haven't done it. And you know what Vegas says is you never bet on a streak uh, uh, ending or. Uh, you know, in a situation like this. So against logic, I'm going to go with the Cubs is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, The other thing too, and let me run down this real quick, Trey Turner, some of these guys to watch, if you haven't been watching Washington, Trey Turner is a shortstop. He finished second in the, um, in the rookie of the year balloting last year to Corey Sager. Um, He missed 41 games uh, this year because of a broken wrist. Um, he's a leadoff guy. If he gets on, he will steal three bases off of Lester. He'll be a walk to him or a single to him will be a triple on Lester. Absolutely. Um, there's no question that they like to run and they will run, run and still run. Um, we, we know that Bryce Harper just came back. Um, he didn't have a lot of games to, to basically he had four games to get back and, and, uh, try to get some timing, uh, on Sunday, his last, at bat, he hit a single, which was a line drive at 107 miles an hour out of the infield, um, <laughs> which is a it's a wonder he didn't take the second baseman with him. Um, you've got uh, a career year by Ryan Zimmerman. You've got Daniel Murphy. You've got Anthony Rendon, who's you know flown under the radar because of probably. Bryce Harper and and Ryan Zimmerman, the kind of years they've had. You've got three guys in the in the um, in the lineup that have over a hundred RBIs. You got two guys in the lineup that have ninety RBIs. So, um, I, as I say, you know, I give respect to the Cubs. I give respect to Madden. Uh, if this team that the Washington Nationals have assembled, you know, ha- doesn't get by, you know, the Chicago Cubs. I don't frankly know if they're ever going to get a team that would get by. This is a this is a team that wants to see the Los Angeles Dodgers in the NLCS. And I think if they can get by the Cubs and if the Dodgers can get by whoever, whether it's the Rockies, Arizona, I think that is going to be one heck. I, I mean, the, the possibility of seeing Scherzer and Kershaw battle it out or or Strasburg and and Darvish and that whole thing I mean to me it's tantalizing but you got to get through the first one first and the Nationals have yet to get through the first one first so I'm just um maybe it's partly the fan of me I don't know but I I like these guys they're great people to be around I'm just um we'll see I mean that's why they play the games I think well and and until they do it I'm I'm skeptical you have that right until next week come... when you'll find out they're gone. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, I, I ahead, think Tim. it's got to come down to starting pitching, especially if the Nationals are going to win this. It's going to have to come down to starting pitching. I it, We've mentioned it before with Chicago. John Lester hasn't had the kind of year that they expected out of him. 
Jake Arrieta, he's going to need to be their ace. Post-All-Star break, he's had 12 starts. Opponents are hitting just 215 off him in those 12 starts. He has a 2.28 ERA since the All-Star break. He's been their best pitcher in the second half. He needs to win possibly two starts for them to get through and get past the Nationals. The Nationals have a huge starting pitching edge. If Strasburg and Scherzer come up big, they're not going to lose to the Cubs. They're going to have to move on. They're going to have to get beat by the Dodgers if anyone's going to stop them. But that's going to come down on the Cubs' end to Arietta having big starts and Jose Quintana, who they've traded for, having a big finish as well. Well, we'll see. I picked the Nationals beating the Cubs in four games. So, You're allowed to be wrong. I, I, I think that's a good call. Jim. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the call. first time I'm wrong, Joe. So, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm wrong like you know usually when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. But um, you know that that is a totally logical pick, and I and I get it. I really do. But you know, I just history well, tells me that I just I can't believe it from the Nationals until I see it. And I've never seen it. Yeah, you know, Joe. Joe, who's when, go Joe, ahead, who's, got a, who's who's got a better chance of beating the Dodgers, Joe? The uh, the Rockies or or the uh, Diamondbacks? Oh, the Arizona, definitely. Arizona took the season series from them. Arizona's beat them up um, in head-to-head matchups. The Dodgers um, haven't beaten Arizona in the last six times they played them, and and they and they basically been run off the field. So. Mm-hmm. Um, if if uh, Arizona gets the Dodgers, that'll be the trendy pick with people going latching onto that uh, to that little nugget and going, hey Arizona, they're certainly not going to be intimidated by the Dodgers, and uh, right. that'll be where you need that 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 Dodger starting pitching to come up and be what it can be. But you know what? Um, as 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 you watch that that's that's a blinking red light. I'll guarantee you that the Dodgers are rooting for the Rockies. They don't want anything to do with Arizona. Jim, you think uh, you think Scherzer wins the uh, Cy Young, Jim? I, you know, personally, I just I think he he's got he's that kind of guy who I think sh- should win it. I don't know if they're going to give it to him back to back years. Um, I know that sometimes writers are not necessarily you know prone to that. Uh, Joe would know better than I. He he actually has a vote for those kind of things. I don't. But I, I think uh, if you look at the body of his work and you look at the fact that this is a guy who, you know, basically goes out there and battles uh, in a very old school way every time he pitches. Um, I, you know, I know that Granke's had a good year. I know a lot of people have had a good year. But if you boil down the stats, um, Max is... Uh, Max is having a year, and frankly, you could even make a year for Strasburg. I mean, Strasburg's ERA after, um, what was it, Uh, after the first week of September, his ERA has been uh, .28. So um, he's on a run uh, at this point as well. uh, Tim, I noticed that that, uh, Jim Williams, uh, who mentioned 47 names, um, has not mentioned Kershaw, who – Still won 18 games. I think it was 18 and four. I believe he led the league in the ERA, uh, and he missed a month. I mean, that's how great this guy is. 
All right. You can never count them out. You Ira, can never let me, count them out. Let, let me make a statement about Clayton Kershaw. Go ahead. Clayton Kershaw is the best left-handed pitcher perhaps ever. And that includes um that includes um Sandy Koufax. I say that because if you look at the body of work of Clayton Kershaw versus the body of work of of Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax obviously won World Series. Kershaw hasn't done that yet. And hopefully someday he'll get there. But not this year. But anyway, um, <laughs> but, but let me just say this about Kershaw, all kidding aside. We all know that that Sandy Koufax, those of us of a certain age, saw Koufax pitch a little bit anyway. Not all, you know, a lot, a little bit. Sandy Koufax, unfortunately, had a very short career when you're talking about, you know, how great he was. Yeah. His career was yeah. relatively short. Kershaw's career is far bigger. His arc of dominance, if yes. you will, has been, been much longer than Sandy Koufax's. So as much as I'm, you know, I, I, it's it's hard for me to, um, as I say, I still feel the wind blowing in my face as I watched, you know, him stand upon the hill and shut the uh, Nationals down um, last in game five last year. But it, look, you, you know, when you say you're looking at greatness, there may not be a better left-handed pitcher in the game period history than Clayton Kershaw by the time he hangs it up. I can't argue with that, Joe. And I never thought we'd say something uh, with about that. Somebody surpassing Koufax, Joe. It, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. Do you know? Do you know what Kershaw's record is this year in games where his team has scored four runs or less? He hasn't probably lost. I think it was sixteen and zero, Joe. Fifteen and zero. Fifteen and zero. Well, let's hope they oh, only boy. score three runs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> And that's a and you know and 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 Jim like Koufax he's got the great fastball yeah and and the spellbinding curveball the same formula you and, know uh, though Ira there's something that that Kershaw does that 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 Sandy Koufax didn't and that was you know two things we have to remember the mound was the mound was different then okay so that's part of it not that that takes to take anything away from Koufax in any way shape or form but. He throws a two-seam and a four-seam fastball. So that's two different fastballs. Koufax just threw a two-seam fastball. So, I mean, you're actually talking about, you know, when you look at him and they go, well, wow, he's got a curveball. But, you know, he's really got four pitches. I mean, he's got the two-seam, he's got the four-seam, he's got the curveball, and he's got a slider that's not bad. And his control is impeccable. Impeccable. He can paint, and that's you know that's sick. I mean, somebody who's got all those pitches and can paint anyway. I mean, that's just you know that's not even fair. And maybe Henderson, he might make Henderson's uh, Hall of Fame vote in in ten years. He might he might squeeze in. Might it's possible? It's possible. May have to go to the uh, what is it the uh, veterans um, side of the (laughs) deal. No, I I think he um, you know look. I'm going to tell you, Kershaw is one of those guys I would pay to watch pitch. I mean, it's the same thing I've said about Max Scherzer. You know, he's much CTV when he pitches. You want to see what's going to happen with, with like Max. Like Greg Maddox, Jim. Jim Greg yeah. Maddox was like yeah. that. Greg Maddox. Well, I, I would yeah. watch Maddox. Yep. Yeah. And, yep. and you know, and, and the Nationals pitching coach is Greg's brother. So, uh, 
you know, he, he comes out and, and talks about, you know, this is what you should do because this is what my brother did. Not everybody can do what his brother used to do. But um, that whole Atlanta pitching staff at, during that, that time, those were all, you know, you had painters on that team as well. The entire staff could could hit marks that others. I think I think um, John Smoltz was probably the hardest throwing guy they had at that point in time on the Braves. But That's we right. digress. That's right. Um, all right, guys. I one quick fun thing, and then and we'll do your your social media with this fun thing. Who you know? We all go back, and there's always sometime a a role player who you don't think about becomes a star during the playoffs. I'm gonna give you a couple seconds to think about it, but think of a role player, or you know, not necessarily a role player, but a star, not a star player who could be the one player who who shines through during the playoffs and i will start with tim tim you got give me a a role player and give me your social media i don't know how much of a role player he is or what what people think of him nationally yet but i'm gonna go with Raphael devers third baseman for boston 20 years old he was not supposed to be in the major leagues this year all talk, even when the team wasn't hitting well early in the season, was of trying to get it where he would start the season the next year, 2018. But he came up faster than people expected. In 58 games, he has 10 home runs. He has been fantastic in that role. And if that Boston team is going to make any kind of a run in October, I think they're going to need some kind of a spark in their offense that we haven't seen in every game this year, Raphael Devers could be that guy. So that's going to be my pick. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tim Wrights Sports. Mr. Kaufman. All right. You can follow me, social media, at iKaufman76. Um, I'm, I'm along with going along with uh, Tim here because this guy is a very good player, but I think he's overshadowed. Uh, in Washington, your native, uh, your native Nats, and I'm going to say Daniel Murphy. Um, why? Because he doesn't try to do too much, but he, but he ends up doing just enough. And look, some of these pitchers, you know, you're facing the best pitchers around in, in the postseason. Uh, but da- Daniel Murphy, and you know this, Jim, mm-hmm. he, he, he's a tough out. He's a tough out, and boy, the uh, the Mets never should have let him go, and, and their losses, the Nats gain, and and I think Daniel Murphy is going to shine uh, throughout the postseason. I'm picking him. You know, one quick thing, Ira, about Daniel Murphy, for fans um, who haven't seen, watch, watch Daniel Murphy when he comes to the plate. He will talk to the umpire and talk to the catcher and talks to pretty much anybody who listens to him, but um, Basically, when you see, you'll see him, he'll take a strike, and he'll, you know, when he takes a strike, he'll lean over to the umpire and he'll ask the umpire, "Is that where, you know, is that your zone today?" He he wants to know from the umpire if the ball is out, you know, like a ball off the plate, if that's where it is. I mean, he, and he also has something. And if you're a golfer, watch this: when he hits the ball. Watch how he holds the the bat as he's getting ready to run out of the 
batter's box, it looks like Phil Mickelson has hit, hit a drive. Okay, he stands there for a second. The way he holds the the, the bat looks like a golf club, and then all of a sudden, off he goes. But um, he um, he's a good pick, Joe. Um, your pick for who could be um, you know fly under the radar and uh, and be a uh, a star in the World Series yeah. plus your uh, I'm sorry in the playoffs and in your social media. Well, my social media, you can find me on Twitter at the initial J Henderson Tampa. And I'm going to go with uh, a position nobody ever thinks of, but in the postseason, they become invaluable. And that's a middle innings reliever for the Yankees named Chad Green. Because games, as we know, can be lost uh, in the fifth inning, the same as the ninth mm-hmm. inning. And when you've got a guy like that that you can bring in to just shut down uh, a burgeoning threat, uh, which which he can do, um, that 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 can be a game changer. And uh, where everything is magnified in the postseason, um, I think you could be looking back at at the way uh, this guy fits into the game plan and saying that uh, maybe he saved the Yankees bacon. That guy throws BBs, Joseph. Wow. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He's, um, you know, he can, he can hit it. There's no question. I was, um, you know, Ira was uh, talking about Daniel Murphy. I, um, I'll pick Trey Turner. Now, Trey plays shortstop. I think that um, when Trey Turner gets on base, he absolutely changes the way the game is played from that point forward. And um, I've seen him disrupt all kinds of craziness. So, if Trey Turner has a good um, series, I, uh, I'm sorry, playoff series, I think that uh, there's no question that he's going to be somebody who um, has uh, a very strong impact on how things go, whether it's the national winner or not. He needs to um, get out there, and if he gets on base, then the nationals are going to have uh, a lot of success. So there All you right, go. Guys. And my social media is J. W Media DC. That's JW Media DC. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, happy to have you. Well, that brings to a close yet another edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host. And if you've not yet subscribed to us, it's easy enough done. You can get us at the iTunes store, at Google Play, at Blog Talk Radio, at Stitcher, and of course at TuneIn. So there you go. Multiple places to find us. And we hope that you do. Subscribe today and the podcast will come right to your phone every week. Okay? Easy enough. Thanks a lot. Okay. For Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys themselves, and for Tim Williams, our national baseball writer, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast as we've taken a look at the 2017 Major League Baseball playoffs. Until next time, I'm Jim Williams saying have a wonderful week.